Well, Nadir, of course, everybody looking at uh, the numbers coming out yesterday. Is the growth that we did see something to get excited over? Well, you know, um, Sakina, it seems fairly mundane and fairly pedestrian given what the National Development Plan uh, forecast growth needs to be in order to dent um, unemployment and inequality in the country. But, you know, let's not get too bleak about it. It's the best quarterly GDP number we've seen in a year. Um, which is somewhat encouraging. Um, but, you know, it's still a long way shy of, of, of what we need to really address the issues in the South African economy. So, you know, um, we, we're starting to see finally um, a shaking off of the massive labor action we've seen in the first half of this year. And uh, we're starting to see those effects come out of the economy now and the economy start to recover from that. So that's somewhat encouraging. And I think the other encouraging sign is the... Uh, the Bureau of Economic Research's business confidence measure, which they released yesterday, which showed the first positive number, the first positive advance in business confidence since 2013. So, you know, I think that's going to be quite a significant catalyst to unlocking growth in the future, um, given that corporates are sitting on historically high balance uh, cash balances. You know, so if businesses are more confident, they'll feel they'll, they'll feel a lot more comfortable about in reinvesting cash on the balance sheets into the economy to generate future revenue. And, you know, that will have obviously a knock-on and a multiplier effect and we'll see GDP growth improving. So, um, you know, all in all, I'll say the best number we've seen in a year from an economy that's thought to be really dire, which is encouraging, but certainly a, a, a long way shy of what the National Development Plan forecast is, 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 is required to tackle our major, our major challenges. Mm. And ESCOM results came out as well, um, Nadir, and yeah, uh, see all, just about all the business headlines are about ESCOM this morning. Yeah, you know, Sakina, I think that the, the problem with, the, with ESCOM at the moment is that they're just in a shocking position, aren't they? So, you know, if you look at uh, profit for the first half of the year was down 24% to a whopping 24%, actually, to uh, 8.5 billion rand. Um, we saw revenue increases of, of 5.4% to 81.9 billion rand. Um, but what typically happens with ESCOM is that most of their profit is recorded in the first half of the financial year, and in the second half of the financial year, generally they tend to break even, so profit is unchanged from the interim half-year result. But what we're going to see this year is that um, the CFO of ESCOM actually announced yesterday that we should see a massive uh, loss in the second half of the financial year due to declining demand um, from the mining sector strikes and the scaling down of the gold sector, as well as a BHP bulletin closing down um, its, 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 uh, its Bayside smelter. So, you know, given all these demand factors and given um, a lot of provisions which ESCOM are making because of uh, um, penalties they have to play to coal suppliers for not taking on stock, which, which they, in essence, had promised to stake on due to the opening of Madupi. Now that's delayed, so they have to pay penalties for not taking on that stock, and that's 2.5 billion rand in provisions which they need to make. And we're starting to see the costs just add up of Madupi being delayed, Sakina, and I think that's really concerning, not only from, uh, from an instability or instability in our power supply, uh, but also from, from, from the cost to the taxpayer and the cost to electricity users of Madupi being delayed. And you know, we now see that uh, the synchronization is going to be delayed further, and full industrial output 
is only going to be ready six months after initial synchronization. So the cost and the, and, 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 and the, and the, and the weariness around ESCOM really starting to mount up. And I see uh, Steinhofer's uh, made a bid for PEPCO. What's going on there? Yes, Sakina, you know, I think that's going to be really encouraging for, for Steinhoff. You know, I think uh, they're a very well-run furniture business um, with operations in uh, South Africa, but increasingly in emerging Europe. And, uh, you know, the one, the one geography which was missing from the arsenal of, for, for rapid growth was Africa. And I think uh, that was the reason for, for, the, for the bid for PEPCO. Um, in essence, they're going to end up paying about 62.8 billion rand in cash and stock. Um, and the stake that they're buying is uh, Christo Visa's 52% stake, as well as uh, Break Private Equity's 35% stake. So, and event, and 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 uh, management in Pepco stake. So, by the end of it, they're going to have um, in a 92% stake in Pepco. Um, it's basically they diversify. It, it may seem like they're diversifying away from the furniture business in buying Pepco mm. uh, with their clothing line, and you know there's the apparel and 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 uh, the cell phones which they. Or even cell phones they sell in locally and in Africa. I think uh, the bottom line is that they're looking for a distribution channel for their products through Africa, which is obviously, um, you know, poised to be the last frontier of growth globally and the, far, uh, the fastest growing region in the world uh, for the next 20 years or so. So I think it's all about accessing the African opportunities and uh, providing Steinhoff with a platform to the highest growth region, the one geography missing from their, from their arsenal at the moment. And I just want to squeeze in one more Nasper. I see interim results uh, released yesterday. Talk to us about those. Yeah, we saw a massive increase in interim results yesterday. It was 35% increase. Um, you know, that's just on the back of Tencent and the massive e-commerce volume we're seeing through China. You know, I think uh, on the back of uh, the, the, the results, the stellar results we saw from Alibaba not too long ago, about two or three weeks ago, where they recorded a 47% increase in top line. You know, I think uh, that, uh, that uh, we, it was expected that, that Tencent, which competes directly against Alibaba for Chinese e-commerce business, would come out with a similar, similar result. You know, I think uh, we're really starting to see the benefits of, of e-commerce in uh, some of the world's largest population, populated countries starting to come through for these e-commerce service providers. And, uh, you know, I think uh, increasingly NASPERS is becoming a, China, a Tencent and, China and, and developing markets e-commerce story rather than a South African pay TV business, which, you know, which is essentially getting in the price for free. So it's going to trade in line with Tencent's earnings. And, um, you know, we see as long as Chinese e-commerce continues to boom, we'll continue to see good results coming out of there.